Hey everyone, welcome back to Thanks for Your Interest. I'm Emily here with Morgan and Elon, and together we are navigating career chaos. Um, it's holiday week. Uh, how, how are you guys' week going so far? Yeah, mine's been good. I feel like even though I'm unemployed and jobless right now, I still took a nice break <laughs> of my own um, and so enjoyed it with family and friends and slept a lot and but completely had no structure to my days and so it was kind of nice and watched a lot of movies and just chilled with my dogs too so um, I think it was very much needed for me on my end and kind of just regroup as we kind of go into the new year um, and go you know hit the ground running and you know have a clear mind and clear head you know going back into it because um, you know it's, it's been a rough end of the year. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. It's been a rough uh, end of the year. Um, I was sick for uh, the last week. Oh, yeah. So, but to be honest, the being sick kind of put my head in a different space of like focusing on getting better. I had less of a kind of a FOMO, less of uh, like this desire to be applying to jobs all the time. So it was actually kind of a nice break, the mix of the holidays, Christmas, New Year. And also being sick, even though I don't like being sick, it honestly was kind of a nice <laughs> mental mental break of uh, of being unemployed and looking for work. So it was good. It was good. Yeah, your body was you? probably like, you need to just rest and recover. And it does feel nice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this week kind of felt nice to have an excuse just to really put everything out of your mind and focus on recharging for the new year. It's always a strange time of year in the corporate world anyway, like between before Christmas and, you know, New Year's is just this time where people are kind of burnt out and just their priorities are different, spending time with family and relaxing and recovering. So even though, you know, we don't have a job, I still, it was almost like it's, you know, this, this natural inflection point of sort of rest and recovery. So yeah, it was pretty low key, pretty good. Um, and when we launched the podcast, two weeks ago now yeah and, mm -hmm. and definitely got some some good feedback so uh what what have you heard from everyone about our last episode um i've heard i got a lot of great feedback from family and friends um one piece of feedback that i received personally is my overuse of the word frustrated and i wanted to go into that a little bit because that is like a perfect word to describe a lot of the way that I've been feeling over the last few months looking for work. And they're like, oh my gosh, Elon, like you use that word so much, like learn to use a different <laughs> word. Like, are you, are you okay, Elon? Do we need to I know, about like, you? <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah, no wonder you got, you got sick. Like, um, so <laughs> I, I will say though, it is a, an adjective that just fits very well in terms of the way that I've been feeling i've been trying i'll try to use different ones uh, this time around um and try to come into uh the segments of this podcast with a different attitude but um that is something that's a piece of feedback that i got and um i think in a more serious note uh, a lot of my you know families and friends it, it had a great understanding of what the you know just the life of being unemployed um is like um and kind of the way that we perceive feedback also from our family and friends. I think it was helpful to them. And I know you guys might have something to say about that as well. Um, and um, overall, just a lot of, a lot of great feedback. So how about you guys? 
Yeah, I received a lot of great feedback on my end too. Um, people are waiting. I know that we missed last week and so people are waiting, you know, uh, when's the next episode dropping? <laughs> <Yeah>. It's Tuesday. <laughs> so we apologize. You know, Elon had, as he mentioned, had been sick and, you know, we wanted to get back to this. But, you know, wanted to thank everyone, you know, for listening and giving us that feedback too. Um, we, you know, this is a different time for us, but we want to, you know, express that we do appreciate, you know, all the advice that you guys have given us and that you guys have tried to give us. But, um, you know, just some of the few, a lot of emotions come into it, you know, at this time. And so <laughs> I think that, uh, like Elon said, the big word for us is frustrated and, you know, um, just feeling a little bit different during this time. And so um, it's hard to know what to what advice to give to some of these people. So we hope that um, we helped a little bit with that. But know that all advice, you know, was appreciated, um, you know, in, in some aspects. Yeah, well said, Morgan. And I think um, just reflecting back on last episode and, and some of the responses, I think it's been really reassuring to hear from people who've gone through similar experiences or are also unemployed. And it has become a space where I think we can feel a little less alone and be able to hear those frustrations voiced um, in some mm -hmm. things that have been a really common experience where people have gone through a layoff or people who are unemployed and are really navigating this strange and uncertain time. Um, so feedback is definitely appreciated and, and any, you know, advice, um, we're, we're certainly open to uh, all the help we can get and looking to continue to network and really navigate what our goals are, both personally and professionally, as we're in this space where uh, it feels like we have a lot of, a lot of decisions to make and uh, a lot of work to really get ourselves there. Um, it was really, it also made me feel really kind of vulnerable getting that podcast out in the public. Um, you know, I think we're used to leaning on our careers and our, and our positions, um, as sort of a, a safety net in a lot of ways, um, you know, professionally, but also financially and to be able to talk about this and really share it with the world, um, you know, it's kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. And, and just a, a point to add is I did receive feedback from people who, we're going through the same thing, who shared the same sentiment. So one of the reasons why we wanted to start this is because we know a lot of people are going through the same thing as us. So we want to hear what their perspective is as well. Um, but we also want to be a voice for those people because we know it's a difficult time out there. And, you know, as we talked about, you know, each of us, we all had a, a, a nice Christmas time, New Year, even though I got sick. But we also know it was very difficult for a lot of people. And this time, in, you know, specifically also is not easy because not a lot of jobs are being posted. So it mm -hmm. makes that anxiety go up a little bit. So, you know, just going back um, to my original point, I think a lot of people um, were found, you know, this very helpful and meaningful to hear three people who have been through the same things that they may have been through, or maybe have gone through it differently or, or approach things differently. So that is definitely our goal here. Yeah. My heart goes out to, you know, all those people who also, you know, unemployed going through this too, and know it's not easy, especially during the holidays. And as you're, you know, trying to provide, you know, presents for whether that's your kids and family and, um, you know, when you don't have a steady income coming in, it can be, you know, even scarier. And so, um, hope everyone's you know staying sane out there too <laughs> who else isn't um is also unemployed yeah and i hope people were able to rest and recover i mean hopefully without covid um but you know, i'm <laughs> glad at least you're on the up and up and yeah. uh, you know, we're able to, to recharge a little bit um yeah it's um it's nice getting back into it though i feel like the new year in 2024 has some fresh energy to it so it's I, i'm kind of excited to to get there yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited as well. I think being um, 
as I, you know, again, I've, I know I say this a lot, being, being frustrated, being down is a very common, it's very a normal emotion to go through uh, during, you know, our circumstances. But um, having a sense of optimism during the New Year's is also um, natural. And I feel like, you know, I've had that over the last few days and I do have it going into the week. So um, that's just a positive approach also that, that um, we and other people, you know, in this space can, can look at. Yeah. yeah, there's really a lot of emotions, I think, that we've been feeling the past yeah. few months looking for jobs. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I always say that I just went through the the um, like stages of grief after being laid off. Like, <laughs> and I think I'm finally at acceptance now. Like, I can't really think yeah. forward, yeah. but it, it really felt like that. It was um, yeah. definitely a huge um, yeah. moment in my life and in career that just really got turned around. Yeah. Those so I, I know that. Things. And yeah, and Morgan, I want to hear what you think about just talking about uh, being unemployed, which is what we did last episode for the first time to, um, you know, a mass audience. Um, did you feel like it was helpful to talk about it a lot? Yes, I thought it was really helpful. And it just reminded me also to just keep a positive mindset and outlook on, you know, this whole situation, too, that we're not in it alone. Um, everyone else is feeling these emotions, too, you know, for anyone who's going through it. And, you know, um, there is a next opportunity out there. Um, and just, you know, trying to enjoy these moments and this time while I can. And so, you know, especially, you know, over Christmas, you know, trying to really enjoy that time with friends and family um, while I had the chance to while they're, you know, um, it's kind of different because, you know, when you are unemployed, all your friends are employed for the most part and so it's hard to hang out with them you know except for just the weekends or you know weeknights you know kind of like the normal and so um getting those full days and getting you know that um time with them was just kind of refreshing and um just going into the new year I think you know my main thing is just trying to keep a positive outlook on it and be patient with it and um you know the time will come so um keeping these these conversations have really helped me a lot and just you know like Emily said you are very vulnerable, you know, speaking out to um, all these people about, you know, um, what emotions you're feeling and how, what you're going through. But um, at the same time, it's um, refreshing to know that other people are also going through it and that um, you're not alone. So. Yeah. Um, and, and just kind of pivoting a little bit um, from what you were saying about what we've been up to the last week or so and how it's been feeling to discuss this openly. Um, I think it it is worth, even if it's briefly, to talk a little bit about our um, career paths and what it's looked like for us and what has, you know, got us to this point uh, in our careers. <laughs> is it a career yeah. yet? I mean, we're not, I not a, do you have a career if you don't have a job? I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But but it's 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 a segment that we'll get into about career pivoting and just in the next steps in our career. But just to talk about what we've been doing thus far in our careers, um, Emily, why don't you go first? You know, what has your career path looked like thus far? Okay, yeah. uh, what was yeah. your very first job, and how old were you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, my very first job, I was teaching tennis at the local parks and rec. Um, we did, my brother and I did summer camps for tennis and my first job that wasn't like a summer camp was, I worked at a Dunkin' Donuts actually when I was like 17. 
<laughs> love that. When you're when you're seven, seven, seventeen. Seven, no, seventeen. Oh <laughs> no, okay. I wasn't raised in the childhood. Yeah, seven? Yes. <laughs> Do we need to talk to your parents? Like, like, my young experience was really interesting though, because I think I was I was either like about to be a senior in high school or I had just graduated. So half of the staff was like people from my high school that I knew quite well, and the other half was people who would work who were like on work release from the halfway house that was like in walking distance of the Dunkin' Donuts. So picture like small town kids from New Hampshire and also like people who were on work release from, um, you know, being in prison. It was definitely like a, a very eye-opening moment. Yeah. About the work. And I have a lot of respect for people who work those kinds yeah. of positions. It's, it, that was so, uh, probably the hardest job I've ever had, actually. What were you guys? Dream team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, my first job... So I, this one isn't like an official, but like my dad owned a company growing up, he owned a mortgage business. And so I would work there since I was like 12 years old, um, like kind of in the summers and just, um, you know, go to, or go to work with your dad day or whatever um, that was called. And I would answer the phones and people would be so confused and I'd be so young. I'd be like, thank you for calling um, you know, Innovative Lending Solutions. And they'd be like, did I call the right phone? So I was just like, 10 years old and I sounded 10 years old <laughs> but um, <laughs> I would dress up in like a work outfit yeah, and I would go in and help my dad yeah so it was fun but my actual like first official job was in high school and I was at a Jimmy John's and um you know yeah and I just worked mostly summers too because I played volleyball and yeah, so volleyball took up a lot of my time um but yeah that was my first job um it was it was different too. We learned a lot from that job though. <laughs> You're the people that you work with. Yeah. And, um, so right there with you, Emily. <laughs> it, it goes to show what our you know everyone's first job is. It's just how different it is. Like Emily, you're saying that working at Dunkin' Donuts was the hardest job of your life. Oh yeah. And that was like one of your first jobs. I would have to say that my first jobs as a, I was a camp counselor. So similar route, uh, I taught sports to young kids, you know, five, six, seven year olds. And that was a harder job than any uh, subsequent job that I had. So a lot of yeah. times like your first jobs are the hardest jobs and you're making minimum wage. So yeah. it's just kind of funny how that works. Like, okay, less money you make, the harder it is, the more money you make, the easier, the easier it is. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that was my, yeah, no, there's no doubt. And um, yeah, so my first job was working in the summer camp. It was definitely the most fun job. It was the hardest, but it was also the most fun. I worked at the YMCA and as a camp counselor, and it was a lot of, you know, tough kids. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, listening, you know, have worked as a camp counselor, but I loved it. I did that for uh, five uh, six summers, I think, technically, but I did that throughout all of college, you know, every single summer. So, um, and, and here, here we are, here we are. We all moved was it hard on because into it was the corporate like, life. Late, yeah, was it hard because it was labor intensive or just because the kids and stuff you were working with? Um, I guess, like, what mm -hmm. made it, like, some of your hardest jobs? Well, you really have to be on, you know, for eight hours a day. You get that 30-minute break. It's eight and a half hours, technically, so you have to be on, you can't be on your phone, you can't take a break um, and, and do something else, you can't have a long conversation with your friend, you just always have to be paying attention at all times to what's going on. And it's tiresome. I'm not saying it was a hard, you know, like, oh my gosh, yeah. I'm, I'm so stressed <laughs> uh, type of job. I really loved it. But um, a lot of jobs now in corporate world, you know, you can take a break and look at your phone for a little bit, go on social media for a bit. Like you have no luxury have more to freedom. do that. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't have more autonomy. 30. Yeah, you can go get like a, get a haircut in the middle of the day. Like I don't know, you can you can yeah exactly. You have more auto um, autonomy, 
uh, versus like, you know, your, your jobs in retail or as a camp counselor in the restaurant industry. So yeah, it's a very strict schedule. I mean, when I was working at Dunkin' Donuts, we had to, I had to be there at what, like four or four 30 in the morning to open and make minimum wage without tips. And it's, it's hard work. You have the public yelling at you and you're 17. Customers are always mad. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Always some issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, professionally, I feel like we've all taken kind of different career paths. Um, I actually majored in art history in my undergrad and had no idea what I was doing with my life. And I spent some time traveling and my first job that was like a full-time job with benefits. Um, I actually uh, directed the activities program at a nursing home before I got into recruiting. So that was actually, that might've been my hardest job. Um, looking back, that was probably, really um, I think I blocked that year out of my life. Um, but it was still nice to be able to, you know, kind of join take a foyer into the corporate world and, you know, earn a salary and um, be able to have some power to really make some decisions. And I think what I enjoy about any job that I do is being able to, you know, solve problems and, um, you know, be challenged at work every day. So um, yeah, my first job in recruiting, actually, I found um, after I was laid off during the pandemic uh, and I moved to Denver and I found this position that was recruiting insurance agents in the Denver metro area. So it was like super high volume. I was doing a ton of sourcing um, and I kind of got lucky. I just found the position on Indeed and um, didn't really even know what recruiters did before then. So it was a nice segue into this whole new career path for me. I love that. Yeah, I feel like um, we kind of talked about this, I think, maybe a little bit last podcast, but people, it's not recruiting is great, you know, career, but it's not something that people go to school for or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's always kind of interesting what their career path was to get to, you know, to recruiting and um, how they got into it. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of, I got my degree in accounting and, um, was actually my first job out of college, first full-time, you know, with benefits, salary job was um, doing all the accounting and financial work, but for a staffing firm. (laughs) And so I got to learn recruiting, but I was doing all the back-end work for um, the agency and the firm. And so um, they asked me to move to, you know, the front side of things and learn the recruiting. And um, that's how, you know, I fell into recruiting and um, fell in love with it, you know, you know, love, you know, finding candidates and, you know, finding their dream jobs and stuff like that. So um, it's always kind of interesting, though, how those um, I feel like people get to where they are now because a lot of people don't, you know, never are in the industry of where their degree is hardly anymore. Right. I think it's right. like what, maybe 10 percent. I don't know. Maybe those I think I know it's really low. I I just made the ten percent up, but I know it's really low. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta we gotta fact check that later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you're doing something really specialized that needs like a certification or a license, like to get into recruiting, yeah. you there's really no certifications that you need, um, which I think makes the field really amenable to different backgrounds as long as you can, um, you know, work with a variety of people, understand requirements of positions, be able to multitask and sort of juggle a lot of different priorities like I think it is a field that really um a lot of professionals are, are attracted to um how about you Elon what yeah. how did you get into recruiting yeah I mean very similar in that I did not study anything to do with recruiting nor did I have any previous recruiting experience for getting into it but I actually was referred to Google by a friend of mine who worked there as a contract recruiting coordinator so um this was when I didn't really know what to do after college I just 
you know, was referred, interviewed, got accepted. And I said, okay. So I moved from San Diego to San Francisco and worked in the Mountain View Google campus for basically like almost two years and COVID hit. Um, And uh, then, you know, went back to have basically been remote uh, since then, uh, since COVID hitting and uh, has to stay in recruiting since was in recruiting coordination for another you know, about a year or so, and then did went to sourcing and it's basically sourcing and, uh, and recruiting from the coordination uh, part of things at uh, a couple different companies, uh, at both, uh, Coinbase and then our last company. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I think, as you said, it's a job that, you know, is again, like out of college that it's something that I went into and a lot of employers are okay with hiring people right out of college into recruiting. So that's another thing that makes it attractive to people. The pay is decent for Mm -hmm. a entry level job at a college. And then you could actually make a career out of it Mm because we know, you know, plenty of recruiters who are, you know, uh, tenured have worked in the industry for 10, 20, 30 years and do very well in their recruiting jobs and they love it. So it's another reason why recruiting is so attractive to people. Right. And on the flip side of that, as we're talking about, (laughs) career pivots here um there's a huge talent market for recruiters recruiters are the first to go during a layoff when hiring plateaus or they're doing some downsizing so it's a career that's great to get into fantastic benefits you can work at it's you know industry agnostic you can really work the same job profile and then you can recruit engineers or you can recruit uh teachers and with that there's really a glut of talent right now and i think it's really difficult for those in talent acquisition um to you know advance your career in times where companies are are doing a lot of downsizing there's not a lot of open positions for recruiters like we were talking about um earlier so it's sort of a, a mixed bag it's this, it's this great career when uh companies are hiring and things are, are going well and then uh when they're not um you know we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place yeah company when companies are growing recruiters are the first people that they hire but when they're downsizing they're the first to go too so <laughs> um yeah it makes it it makes it difficult to you know um I don't know there's a great career in it you can make a great career out of it but it's um I think that we kind of have you know in this position you know when you are unemployed and you were the first we were the first to go you know within a company it makes you question your career path and do you pivot and go into a different direction into a different field right. um especially when the market is really saturated right now um yeah. and I know Elon you were kind of looking into you know going into some different industries too um have you had luck with that or did you tailor, you know, um, how have you, I guess, been going about, you know, that career pivot um, going towards that? Yeah. So my, what I've personally been doing is I'm looking for transferable positions from recruiting. So one obvious one is sales, right? You're selling candidates on your company in recruiting and then sales are selling uh, people on the on the product or you're selling or it's B2B, you're selling businesses on a, you know, your business product. So um, that is something that I've had some moderate success in. And by moderate success, I mean, like, you know, occasionally I'll get an interview here or there. But um, the, as you know, Emily, you're saying the market is so saturated right now. So I'm not the only person recruiting to have thought of changing my career path and going into something else and you know gets to the discussion of you know when is it a good time to do that is it when the market's very saturated and you know a lot of people are doing it but you also know that 
Um, it's a very competitive recruiting you know, market within recruiting. Um, and we could tailor that to any position too. You could tailor that to, let's say, a software engineer. And let's say that you're very suited for a certain coding language, but mm-hmm. that's a heavily competitive market. You go into a different coding language. You could you could talk about it with several, several different um, types of jobs, you know, different, mm-hmm. um, you know, business units that people decide to go into. So, um, so yeah, I've definitely been looking into that. Uh, just because I feel like it's tough to be a recruiter now, but I know it's very difficult. So, uh, but yeah, when is it? I mean, when, when do you think is a good time to say, okay, I'm done with my prior career. I'm going to do something different. Yeah. I've had the same issues and people have even asked me when they're giving, you know, when I've told them I've been unemployed and, you know, I'm talking about the current market and the struggles that I've been having. Um, you know, that is some of the advice and the questions that I even get from other people too. Like, well, have you thought about going into something else? And I'm like, yes, I have thought about it. But <laughs> I, I just don't know how or if it's the right yeah. time or um, it's, you know, do I take, you know, less pay to get into an entry level position? Um, you know, something, you know, that maybe I'm interested in. Um, but it, it's tough. Yeah, I, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Well, um, I, so I've, been, actually, I've been declined from entry level positions as well, too, um, right now. Yeah. And just to expand, you know, um, again, what I my question is, when do you go into a lower level position? Right. So when I'm going from a senior recruiter to regular recruiter, recruiter to recruiting right. coordinator or a senior software engineer to a software engineer, engineering manager to uh, independent uh, contributor. So and, you know, Emily, I know you're about to add something. Yeah, yeah, I've been this has been on my mind. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, just to reiterate, like how difficult it is to make a career pivot when you have a job. And when you don't have a job, it's almost like you're faced with this like insurmountable task where you have to one, find a job that's interesting for you and exciting for you, but also, um, you know, understand that you are currently unemployed, and you might need to settle for something that might not be the ideal. So I've been thinking a lot recently about short term and long term and and how am I going to get to my long term goals by potentially compromising on the short term. And I think ideally to make a career pivot, um, it takes some time and you really have to be intentional about the skills that you're working on, the certifications that you're getting. And, you know, if you work for a company that pays for more education or certifications like that's that's a step in the right direction, even though the position might not be what you want to do for the next 10 years. Um, But when you don't have a job, I think. Um, you know, we're all getting to the point where we're considering things that we wouldn't have considered maybe six months ago to be able to get to that next step. So um, I don't think there's any right answer. And I think, you know, we're not in the ideal position right now um, to be, you know, selling ourselves in a way that we want to. Um, So I think at the end of the day, we have to make some compromises to be able to get where we go in the long term. Yeah. And on Um, that point of of compromises, um, when you're unemployed, as you mentioned, you're taking time the time that you're unemployed is time that you're not building your skills and you're not putting it up on your resume. And it makes it difficult to demonstrate to other employers that, uh, well, okay, just let me, let me reword that for a second. Um, When you only work for one company and then you only work for another company for another year, you're not growing within a company. And that is one of the things about being unemployed that makes it so difficult. You can't really grow when you keep on getting laid off. Um, So Emily, as you said, sometimes it means, okay, I need to take a job, even if it's lesser, lesser pay, just Mm -hmm. in order to have a job 
and then potentially give me that ability to move up within a company because that is how you move up within a company. But I think there's another discussion is when do you decide to do something completely different? When do you go back to school? You know, when do you get an MBA? When do you go to law school? So, um... <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> it's nice though when your company pays for it. Um, yeah, being able to, you know, work a position where you're fairly compensated doing work that's, you know, fairly interesting, but also able to pursue that education on the side. It's really hard. I mean, I went to grad school and worked full time um, and I wouldn't recommend that on my worst enemy, but it also, you know, helped get me where I wanted to go. Um, and it's also nice to take advantage of those benefits that come with the company. So I feel like that is if, if I were to do that again, that's how I would pivot careers I would just leverage all the resources at my current company and you know tough it out for however long um to get those skills and certifications I need and then if like let's say you are trying to pivot to sales or um you know software engineering um you are able to potentially move around in the same company too you already have tenure with them you can move around as an internal employee with this new set of skills um and also going back to what you said Elon about how you know you're not able to grow your skill set or you know kind of work on professional goals when you're unemployed. Um, I don't think that's true. I think you can definitely get some free certifications or, um, you know, continue your professional development in a way that's cost effective, but it's difficult when you're interviewing for positions and you haven't worked a position in a professional capacity that you're trying to get to. So I think in those kind of scenarios, if you're you're interviewing for a sales job, you're up against, um, you know, 10 other candidates and eight of them have been in sales and you're trying to pivot, you're definitely at a disadvantage. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the hiring managers for these positions, too, they want that real life hands on experience, even for these entry level positions. And an entry level position to me is someone right out of college and they might have that experience in college. But a lot of even hiring managers or companies won't take that experience as real hands on experience. And so um, it's kind of hard to navigate, you know, when you do have these certifications or maybe you do have some of the schooling, um, maybe you don't have that real life hands on experience with, the, you know, um with that skill set. And so um, it doesn't look as attractive to, you know, some of these hiring managers and employers too. Um, so sometimes I, it's definitely hard to navigate and every company's different. Every, I don't think every job description that's ever, po- um, you know, it's posted is always exactly true to what the hiring manager is looking for too. And so um, it can kind of, you know, throw you off if you are tailoring your resume to that position or, you know, it's hard to know what they're exactly looking for and um, what exactly they're wanting, even if it is entry level, you know, if they definitely need two years of hands-on experience. Um, yeah. And so, it kind of, yeah, it's not, that doesn't seem entry level to me, but um, a lot of these, you know, job descriptions are listed, I think, differently too. And so when we're going through all these applications and job descriptions, it's hard to really get a clear idea um, of what these companies are wanting, especially when you are trying to do a career pivot and look at some of these qualifications mm-hmm. and tailor your resume to those positions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when you have tenure at a different position, you know, in, in a different field, Mm-hmm. companies prefer to hire someone without tenure for entry-level jobs. I think we've all noticed that. And I think a lot of people who are looking for jobs also who, let's say, have five or more years of experience also notice that, especially if they're looking to change things. Uh, and then also just um, mm-hmm. want to kind of get back to what you know Emily was saying about um, being intentional with with you know, professional de- development, especially when you're unemployed. Um, I, I totally agree with that. I think that you can do that, but 
I think that when you're unemployed, sometimes, especially if you weren't expected to be unemployed, you could be kind of stuck in a rut a little bit. Like, I don't know what certification I want. Like, okay, I could get a certification in SQL. Like, I could do that at Code Academy. It's not that expensive, right? And, uh, but what if I get a job that has nothing to do with that? And then I just wasted my time on the SQL certification. So I think if you know what you want to do, um, or you know you're very interested in data and that's why you do SQL, or you're interested in coding and that's why you do Java, uh, then it does make sense to do uh, you know, those potential career development courses or LinkedIn learning courses. But I think a lot of people are unemployed. Just, you know, they don't know what their next career is going to be. And it, you could just be a little bit in a rut when it comes to thinking about what you should do next. I'm sure a lot of people, you know, experience that. Yeah. And I think I'd like to stress too, like how difficult it is to apply for jobs all day, like deal with that sort of insecurity of not having a position lined up, having to manage your own time and also working on your professional development when you, you know, have decision fatigue about, you know, where you're going to work and what your life is going to look like. And it's it's really difficult to focus on finding a, a full-time position and also focusing on your professional development at the same time. Yeah. And you want that steady income coming in when you're not getting any money at all after you've been laid off. And um, it's hard to know, like if you do get your first you know, job offer and it's for a position that, you know, you're way overqualified for, you're kind of taking a step back in your career, take, maybe it could be less money, it could be anything is. Uh, but that's your first job offer. Is that something, um, you know, that you accept or do you wait for, you know, some other opportunities to maybe come forward and see, um, you know, what else there is out there? But, you know, it's kind of um, I don't know. That's an open-ended question to either yeah. Elon or Emily. Um, <laughs> do, do you accept? Do you accept that first job just no. because you know, like you? I don't know. It's hard to know. Like if it isn't your dream job, but you can grow within the company, is that something that you take right now, or do you wait for a, the economy to maybe turn around, or maybe you know other opportunities to come forward? Um, it's kind of hard to know what is you know what else is out there right now. Um, you, you kind of get closed-minded too, you know, because interviews and um, applications have, you know, just kind of go in a black hole. You get ghosted maybe by interviews and other recruiters. And so um, it's not an easy market, you know, to make those competitive decisions. But yeah. Um, yeah. One, I think, oh, go ahead. Elon. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, so, yeah. Oh, the, the, the delay, the delay is tough. <laughs> Both of us just really want to get, get, get this stuff out. Go, go, Emily, go. <laughs> okay, well, I was just, at Morgan's point, I was just, um, you know, I, I think I, I'm dealing with a, a similar scenario now. And, you know, I think it's very situational whether you accept these positions or continue to look. And I think no matter what choice you make, it's going to be a choice that, you know, you have to live with. And I think there's positives to each side. Um, so, you know, I, I'm in a situation now where I, um, you know, I, I think I'm moving forward potentially with an offer that is, you know, a little bit lower pay and lower level than my last position. But I think in the long term, it might get me to where I want to go in the future. Um, but it's not an easy choice to make because there's part of me that's like, you know, if I if I wait, maybe there's something more in line with my next step. And ultimately, it comes down to really thinking about what would be the best transition for me right now, um, because I'm not in an ideal situation. And I also just have to acknowledge that. So um, the solutions are, are definitely a compromise but have enough, you know, upsides that I think it would be a, a good fit in the short term. Yeah. And that actually reminds me, Emily, just a couple of weeks ago, 
I faced something where I interviewed for a position and after interviewing, I realized I really, really, really did not want this position. And it, it was, I won't go into the name of the company, but it, it had it was basically it was like a personal training type position. It would have a completely different uh, career uh, path than me. And I really did not like the approach that this company took, but I thought there was a decent chance I would get an offer. And I was actually scared about that because I'm like, to me, there was going to be social pressure if I got an offer and a heavy piece of judgment if I declined an offer when I don't have a job. So that is a conundrum. I'm sure I'm not the only one to face um, where you get an offer from a company you realize you really, really don't want to work for. But hey, I don't have any leverage here because I haven't had a job in three and a half, four months. So um, it's definitely a conundrum, you know, Morgan, as you uh, pose that question. And I think as Emily, as you said, like most, I'd say like most companies, you're just kind of have to bear it, even if it's a job you don't really want to do. But if it doesn't sound terrible, you just have to take it. But there are going to be those companies that you really don't want to work for after the interview process and after the offer that you just feel like you have to decline, even if it means continuing to be unemployed. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So I think that is, you know, you want to be fair to these companies and, you know, be truthful to these companies and transparent with these companies. But, you know, if you're not super excited about the position or company, sometimes, um, you know, you'll find yourself still open to other opportunities if people reach out or, you know, maybe. And so, so to Emily's point, you know, if you do make that decision, you go full force and you commit to it and you commit to it, you know, um, even if it is lower level, you're going to do, you know, all your responsibilities and do everything to a T and, you know, be, um, you know, a great employee for that company. Um, you just have to commit to it and, you know, go forward with it. But, um, you know, if you're not excited, you know, you, then I feel like it's also one of those things where you can find yourself look in this position again in a year, um, you know, looking for another, you know, another job. And um, we all know that we don't want to be, I don't want to be doing that again in a year. Right. <laughs> that's, I, I really, you don't want yeah, to do this again? This process, <laughs> the application process and stuff like that. Maybe the, um, I've never been in a situation like this either. You know, the market's, you know, different this time around where, um, you know, there's just so many applications and the traction and, you know, the market's saturated, like we talked about. But, um, yeah, I just I think that if you, whatever decision you make, you have to commit and, you know, mm-hmm. commit fully to it and with that company. Um, and then, you know, I think that, you know, you'll have pros and cons and it will all eventually, you know, work out how it should. But if you're not, you know, exactly excited about a role, then um, like Elon said, it's kind of tough when they do move forward with an offer and then there's pressure, you know, from everyone on the outside. Right. But um, you don't you also don't want to be in this position again, you know, in a year. So. Right. And. And we know for you know for people listening, um, the pressure might extend to social pressure, and I mean it does to us too, right? We want to have money to make an income, but we know a lot of people are even more um, in need of an income, and then it becomes then you have to weigh that factor in as well as the pressure of the social pressure in addition to the um, just the I guess the comparison, you know, comparing being unemployed versus having a job you don't necessarily want to do. So you have to take that into consideration as well. So, and we even talked, we didn't even talk much about the financial um, uh, pressures as well. For people who haven't gone through this process, um, when you get laid off for a job, you are eligible for unemployment and it varies state by state. In Colorado, we get 
um, I think it's like 60 to 70% of your income um, weekly. And that's for, I think, what, like six months, Morgan? I think you're um, so eligible for 12 months, but only give you like six months of pay. So however that's divvied up, if you miss a few weeks or whatever else it is, you're active for full 12 months, but get six months of pay. However, that is divvied up throughout the 12 months. That yeah, so, so there is <laughs> definitely some time pressure there um, mm-hmm. to find a position that will pay well, um, but also every state is different. I mean, I think Colorado has probably one of the better unemployment benefits for people who have been laid off or lost their job, but there's other states that are you know, paying a fraction of that, which is um, a fraction of your income, um, which is you know yeah. impossible to live on these days. So I, I feel you know very fortunate to be able to sustain and not like go in the hole too much when this happened. But you know financially, this is is, is incredibly destructive. Um, I think depending what state you live in and, and your financial obligations. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point, Emily. Um, so if you want to, we want to transition into our next topic of discussion here. Um, it is, you know, we've all been unemployed now for about, it's like three and a half months, I guess, right? Maybe almost four. I guess we can almost say four. <laughs> Maybe once it hits January, <laughs> we could say that. Um, what have you done while being unemployed? We talked about this a little bit last time, but we could expand on a little bit. So things that you've actually enjoyed about being unemployed, just a positive twist, and things that you regret a little bit. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I wish I applied to more jobs or something like that. <laughs> Ah, um, I'll start. So positive. I have enjoyed this time because I know we've talked about a lack, lack of structure, but also just the flexibility also that I've had and um, just have gotten a lot of stuff done for myself. And I've gotten a lot of stuff done around the house that needed to be done and other things like that. I've you know really enjoyed that. Got stuff off my plate that I've been wanting to for a long time. Um, and so that's been really enjoyable and nice. Um, but I wish if I were to probably look back at it this time and I've already tried to look back at the, you know, these past you know three and a half months and I wish I've traveled more or, um, you know, wish I, um, was able, yeah, to, I guess, just enjoy this time, you know, a lot more instead of feeling a lot more anxious and, you know, just stressed about what my next opportunity was. I wish I'd just been able to, um, be a lot more stress-free and been able to travel and do things that I, you know, more want without having to worry about the money or, you know, finding that next job or anything else, because, um, it's hard to travel when you don't know when the, you know, the rest, you know, you don't know when your next opportunity is or, um, and I have done some traveling, but um, so a lot of that was all pre-planned traveling. So I still went forward with it. Um, done some small traveling, but it's mostly just been with friends and family. And so um, really just wish I, you know, traveled, you know, got to see more of the world and got to see more people that, you know, I've been wanting to see um, without having that, you know, financial obligation, um, you know, running through the back of my mind of, um, you know, you need to save this money because you don't know what's going to happen or when your next position is going to be. Um, so I wish there was just a little bit more freedom. And I just wish I um, and the reason I haven't done any of those things is just because I've been stressed or, you know, anxious about, um, you know, this time. Um, if I had something set in stone, even if it was six months out in advance, I would I feel like I would have enjoyed this time a lot more, even though I had something, you know, set in stone. I start, you know, in May and um, then I feel like I could travel because I know when that income is going to be, you know, coming in next. 
know. Have you guys felt the same way? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely similarly. Well, I think, um, you know, the grass isn't, isn't always greener. I feel like I, uh, I spent a lot of time traveling and it was really great to be able to, um, you know, not have to worry about asking for PTO. And um, a lot of these trips were pre-planned, um, but I, I guess I do regret not really taking my network and connections more seriously when the layoff happened I think when we got laid off I gosh I remember that day we had like a meeting with HR on our yeah. calendar, like the night before and we we knew like we all knew we knew yeah, yeah we knew and it was just that feeling of like I was I was shook I think I just didn't really expect it to happen and I think I was just in shock and then you know we all did that thing right we posted on LinkedIn we're like I have some unfortunate news to share and like I was so appreciative of you know so many people that I connected with through my career and in my network um you know reached out after that and were like hey you know if you're interested in this company I can I can like we let's get connected um let me know if you see anything I'll refer you and like I felt really energized by that but I also wasn't ready to look for another job yet I think I again that first stage of grief I was just like I wasn't in that space that I wanted to look for other opportunities because I was kind of grieving the one that I had just lost. But looking back, I mean, I, I feel like that traction has kind of slowed down and now I'm a little bit more hesitant to reach out to people in my network. So I wish I had capitalized on that, like very soon after it happened and, um, you know, allowed myself that time to kind of feel sad and, um, you know, adjust for my next move, but I didn't really leverage my network and connections, um, in the timing that I think would have been advantageous for me in the long, long run, even just yeah. to, you know, have calls to network or, or whatever. So I think That's if this would happen again, I would have probably taken advantage of that a little bit more sooner. That's a great point. Cause even when we got the news too, I was, I knew that other companies were having layoffs and some other recruiters were, you know, getting laid off as well, but I didn't really truly understand, you know, the market and how hard it was going to, going to be to find, you know, my next opportunity, my next position as well. And so um, great point. Yeah. Capitalizing on, you know, those networks and those people who had reached out to begin with, because um, that's something that I failed to do on my end too. And I was grieving and I, you know, there, there was just so much emotions at that time. Um, and so I waited it out and I was like, I'm going to take some time for myself. And I think yeah. that that really, um, was a mistake on my part you know I should have had those conversations even if they didn't go anywhere even if they weren't going to hire until 2024 you know whenever just had more of those conversations to um, build my network even you know more and you know have them remember me even if a job opens up they can reach back out again um, and let me know so um, that's something I definitely failed on my end too Emily yeah I think well Morgan I think we were in denial yeah we <laughs> and, were and we were like oh my gosh I'm like how to take the time but Elon you knew you knew, like, so yeah, you're like, we're losing our jobs. Well, <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I knew when we had that, that whole, that, you know, big HR meeting, uh, in the middle of the week where they just said update and they basically didn't tell us anything except that there might be layoffs. And I was like, oh, we're, we're done. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're like, there is no doubt that we're going to be part of these layoffs. And I think it was a long weekend that weekend. And I was like, all right, better enjoy the last weekend of having a job. But, um, but I just want to take things, um, you know, in a, in a slightly different direction, because I remember going to San Diego the weekend after getting laid off and looking for jobs, you know, um, on my parents' counter and just thinking to myself, I really need to brace myself for a long search. 
And um, I just knew that it's, it was a tough, um, it was a tough market. And we had seen in the previous months, just over and over one company doing layoffs after another. So I knew that it was going to be a saturated market. It was going to be tough to get into it. So I don't think I took my own advice when I told that to myself, because I don't think I really braced myself for a long career search because I feel like since then I've just been in such a rush um, to find a job. And that's created a lot of anxiety on my end versus if I actually did brace myself for a long search, I might have been able to just try and live a normal life, you know, and just happen to not have a job. And I know we talked about it last time about, you know, about dating. And it's not just about that. It's about going to big events, big group events and having that like kind of not that um like kind of in the back of your head. I don't even know if that's an expression, but when you're talking to people knowing, hey, I don't have a job. I know you have a job and that anxiety that comes with that. Uh, I just feel like I should have embraced uh, or sorry, braced for that a little bit more. Um, so that is definitely my biggest regret. So hopefully going forward, there's still time. You know, there's still time. I don't have a yeah. job. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, nice that we but, I hope we don't get but, laid off again, but we'll. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but no, yeah. that's that's my that's my biggest regret. Um and then in terms of things that I've enjoyed doing, you know, I've 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 liked, you know, nine hours of sleep. That's nice. Uh I feel like I'm not tired. Nine plus as hours much. of sleep. The nine plus, <laughs> you know, I get yeah, the, full, wow. the full compliment. Uh actually I feel like I've gotten the exercise because, you know, whether it's going to the gym in the morning and, and taking a nice long walk, you know, you have the time now to do these things. Um, so I think there's something to be said. I know it's a really, really difficult time for so many people who don't have jobs right now who are very stressed and anxious. Um, there are tiny little positives that you can take out of it. Um, and I think counting your blessings and even just writing things that you're grateful for uh, goes a long way as well. So that's my going piece. Back to that, yeah. Going back to that positive <laughs> mindset, I think is, you know, crucial, especially in this time, because um, it's nothing that you're doing or it's nothing that you have done, you know, to be in this situation where you're at. And so, um, I mean, it's better, easier said than done, but we all got to try and, you know, enjoy this time while we can and, you know, do what we can with our network or um, grow professionally, you know, during this time too, because, um it's it's just a weird time and you know i i actually talked with um someone one a family member over the weekend over christmas and he took a year off from work um he had been laid off and this was you know maybe 15 or 20 years ago now and um i think that even being laid off at that time probably compared to now is completely different but um they had been acquired his company had been acquired and there's just a lot of changes and anyways and he was like so i decided to take you know a year off he was kind of search he's like, i built a shed in my backyard and i <laughs> um he was like that's basically all i did you know for a full year and but he was like but i do looking back on it he was like it was you know a regret he was like i wish i would have networked more and he was like not even that i you know found that job he said I wish I would have just went to some of those networking events and kept my connections and made new connections and kept that fresh he was like that's the biggest piece of advice I can give you is just you know because I do look back and he was like it was just I think um he's like I don't regret it he's like I'm fine where I'm at now and I'm doing great but uh professionally um it wasn't the best move that he could have made you know back then um and not that he he could have taken a break from a job. He's like, but like, I should have still kept my, um, still grown professionally, still, you know, kept, um, 
kept in contact with all my connections because and in my network because you know just building a shed you know for a year in your backyard didn't really do him any good and set him back even further yeah. <laughs> you yeah. could do a mix yeah. you could do a mix yeah. of both right yeah, yeah there's exactly. definitely a balance too like I feel like when something like this happens it's definitely a reminder that a lot of things are out of your control and sometimes you just need that reset but everything is a balance you know you have to take that reset take that time you know to uh, feel sad and and feel all the feels, but then continue to move forward and, and get yourself where, where you want to go. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing that you can change about the past, but um, it was, it's definitely a, a good learning experience, I think, in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So um, last thing is I posed a question um, on Spotify to the audience and we got one response to our said, international listeners <laughs> oh yes we, have, we had four four unique uh countries uh so we want to welcome everybody from in the united states <laughs> and around the world uh i posed the question what's the most frustrating part about being unemployed using that word frustrated we got a response from a recruiter um b maldito 80 getting nine hires on the same day oh sorry yeah, getting nine hires on the same day I got laid off. Biggest slap in the face since Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. More well, people have people yeah. thanking her Morgan. on LinkedIn when she was no longer. <laughs> yeah, they're like, Morgan, you're still getting hired today. Yeah. yeah, Morgan still has a stronger pipeline than. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is tough oh. though because it feels like you put in so much work and you you are so passionate about this company and you know you're making hires and you're doing your job, but um, it's sad to know that you know at the end of the day that. Um, you were just a number and you couldn't have done more you couldn't have done that got not 10 hires you would have still probably been you know a part of the layoffs you know you couldn't have done less and so it's just um yeah it's hard to know and I think layoffs are that's what we kind of talked about at last podcast you almost feel like you're getting fired you know but it's like it, there's probably nothing that he or this person could have done on their end more um for for them yeah. to still be with the company and stay um unfortunately and it sucks and that's you know yeah bad luck. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah it doesn't it doesn't necessarily it doesn't necessarily uh demonstrate your worth as an employee i think that's the point yeah. that is worth expressing because if you're getting nine hours and then getting laid off well it's not for performance reasons you didn't get fired it was a mass layoff and and it's annoying but it doesn't take away your worth or even if look and look i know there are people out there who may have gotten fired for performance and they might be good they might be you might be a good employee as well um a lot of times it's just it's just a luck of the draw it's just bad luck and um i think uh, that that to me is what that question and answer or that question demonstrates and our what our what our answer is i agree because with us it was the entire team (laughs) who got laid off it you know it wasn't it was yeah people here and there affected and so um, you know, when the entire teams and positions are being eliminated, um, ultimately that's coming from way higher up than, you know, we can even see. <laughs> right. right. Or no. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, I think that concludes our second episode of the podcast. Thanks yeah. for your interest. Yeah, thank so. you. Yeah, thank you. Thank, <laughs> so you, thank you for your interest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
uh, we hope you, you know, found this insightful and valuable and, you know, hope you enjoyed this episode, but do want to put that out there. Like, you, you know, don't forget to like mention, subscribe, um, or share this, you know, if you like, um, if you enjoyed it, you know, every little bit helps and, um, we'd love to, um, you know, reach, you know, be able to reach more people too. So, um, yeah. So hope until next time, everyone stay, you know, positive, inspired and <laughs> stay sane out there. <laughs> yeah. And we do have Q and a on Spotify and also our email. If you do have any questions or um, want to share some topics of conversation, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time.